Okay, we are in Sefer Yirmiyahu, Perik Ches, Pasuk Yud Gimel, and Esof Asifem Neum Hashem. It is still in the midst of a relentlessly depressing, seemingly hopeless prophecy of death and doom and destruction with no way out, with no revocability, with no chance of averting the disaster that is so obvious to your Miyahu. So we begin your Gimel, Esof Asifem Nilm Hashem. I shall utterly destroy them, says Hashem. There will be no grapes on the vine, and no figs on the fig tree, the leaves will have withered, and everything I have given to them will pass away. That's a pretty gloomy beginning. And yet, despite it all, Mephoshim finds some message of hope in the word Esof Asifem. Esof can mean destroy, but Esof in all usages sometimes in the Torah, it can mean I will gather them. Abraham was gathered unto his forefathers. It is Hashem bringing the person in uh, in terms of uh, a, a noble death, uh, a re- resurgence, a gathering of the people from exile. So if you want to look for some glimmer of hope, that would be it. Because it, it could mean as well as destroy, it could mean a message of hope that ultimately we would be ingathered and remain intact. Continues the Navi. Alma anachnu yoshrim heyasvu v'navu alareha mivtsar v'nid mesham ki Hashem alokenu hidmanu v'yashkenu meirosh ki chotanu l'Hashem. So this is sort of an internal monologue of the people of Judea, where they say to themselves. What are we going to do sitting here? Let's be strategic. Sitting in the open field waiting to be picked off by our enemy isn't going to help. Let's gather into the the fortified cities, and yet we will be silent there. Within that, the people recognize it is hopeless. We are as doomed there in the fortified cities as we are doomed out in the open field. So, we are silent there, we are silent here. Because Hashem Elokeinu is silent as to our salvation. And He has fed us um, poisonous water, because we have sinned, 
towards the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So what they're saying is it doesn't matter whether we're here, whether we're there. We are in fact doomed, but there is a recognition that we have sinned against Hashem. Kave l'shalom ve'ein tov la'es marpeh v'hinei basa. So again, we are in a state of delusion. We can delude ourselves in hoping for peace. Kave l'shalom ve'ein tov la'es marpeh. But there is nothing good. There's nothing to pin our hopes on. Uh, we hope for healing. At least let us be healed. Um, but no, there is just sheer terror. From Dun, we hear the snorting, as it were, of his horses. Uh, Dun, you will remember, is the most northernmost part of Israel. Uh, and so that is where you can hear the enemies even coming. So great is their army. So fierce are, are their horses. Um, and so therefore, the noise of war is rush, or it's the whole land trembles from their footsteps. So they will come and they devour the land and the city who dwells in it. They will eat and consume the land, the Yashriba, and those who dwell in there. You've got to bear in mind that Dun is considered by Mephoshim as the beginning of the national decline. It goes back to Yeruvam ben Nevat, the first king of the divided kingdom of Israel and Judea. And so what he wanted to do was prevent the Jews coming down to Yerushalayim, like in the good old days of the Regalim, he wanted to keep them there in Israel. It would avoid the nostalgia. It would avoid the reminder of days gone by. And what he did to implement this was put a golden calf. And he did it in Dun. He did it in Dun because he knew that Dun would be the most favorably disposed to this. So Dun has a troubled history. We know that. And so, uh, I am sending snakes. I am sending to you snakes, poisonous snakes. They cannot be silenced. We know that there are skilled people who can charm snakes. Here, there's no such thing. They will not listen. They will not follow. Rashi has an interesting medrash that Hashem has caused these snakes to be old and unable to hear. So charming them will accomplish nothing. And they will sting you, says the Kaddish Baruch Hu. This is Yirmiyahu speaking. I seek strength to withstand the sorrow. Just trying to withstand the sorrow of really a event that has not occurred. 
but it has given me such sorrow or lively be daboy that it has created real physical um results. I have become like fatigued and weakened and sick from the anticipation of what this is. And now, because you have certain multiple quotes in this passage, we have to decide who is saying what to whom. So we begin with in other words, this could be people from foreign lands, Jews in foreign lands, Jews are in exile, Jews who are in the gullus of the uh, ten tribes, who are saying, in effect, what's going on there in, in Eretz Yisrael, in Judea? Uh, and they're saying, you read that as an interrogatory. There is in Sion no king? Has Hashem abandoned the entire nation? In Malka Einba, there is no one there who is ruling, who is going to preserve us? And the Kaddish Baruch who answers with the next session. Madua Hichisoni. Then why did you anger me? You have no one to blame for this phenomenon but yourself. Your pursuit of idols, your obsession with alien ideologies, um, that is what caused it. So do not blame the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And so that seems to be what they're saying, yes, we've been abandoned. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu says, yes. You've been abandoned, but there's no one to blame but yourself. Continues the Navi. Of our Katsir, Kala Kihayitz, Vanachnu Lo Nishanu. Very interesting metaphor. The harvest has passed. Of our it's over. Kala Kayitz, um, the summer, the summer has ended. But we have not been saved. What does that mean? It means that we were so dependent, say the Mephorshim, on Egypt coming to our rescue, that when they at first didn't appear, we deluded ourselves into thinking, you know what it must be, that they're in the harvest season. Of course they can't come. Once the harvest is over, once the summer has passed, they are now going to come to our aid. But now, Avakatsir, harvest is over. Kolokayets, the summer has ended. We have no excuse. They're not coming. We have not been, in fact, saved. Rashi says... Um, that they, it set in that, of course, they are not, in fact, coming to save them. And now there's just the realization that they are without an option for salvation. Al-Sheva Basami Hishbarti Kogati Shama Echsi I am shattered 
over the disaster of my people. I am blackened uh, and total desolation has gripped me. A very famous sentence. Is there no bomb in Gilead? So that Gilead is, of course, on the western bank of the Jordan. Is there no bomb there? And the meaning could be that Eliyahu Hanavi was from Gilad, Eliyahu HaGiladzi, and shouldn't he be coming to save us? And yet he is not. We are not to be saved. In other words, why haven't we recovered? And when they say bomb in Gilead, Mepharshim alluded to this as a metaphor for Torah, for teachers of Torah, for um, an implanting of the values of tshuva and morality that could possibly save Ben But we are not saved. Al-Shevra basami hishparti kodarti shama hechsitoni Um that again, there are no righteous people to save me, to heal the wounds of my people. Kordachi Shema Hersartuni. Nothing is coming of salvation. Ki mi yitain Roshi Mayim. Would that my head be filled with water. The This is your miyos speaking, and my eyes a spring of tears. That at least would provide me that I could cry day and night. Eschalali bas ami. I could cry all night at the sickness of my people. And so, we end on a positively desolate note. It's Arab Shabbos. A good time to start here. And in Yirza Hashem, 8.45 a.m., we will come back to a message of hope and nechama. Ad Tavim.